I'm Julie. I'm Kalea. And you're listening to the latest episode of Girls With Fun. Thanks for joining us. Every week we get together and chat about something on our mind about BTS. Sometimes we're silly and sometimes we're serious, but we're always creating a podcast by ARMY for ARMY. If you haven't yet, be sure to follow our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter at Girls With Fun Pod and on Facebook at Girls With Fun Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a review on your favorite streaming service. And without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everyone. We are back with a, another episode of Girls with Fun. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? <laughs> We're all like hyped up. <laughs> Let's go. Exactly. Anyway, so we have something um, special for you today. I think we're going to like skip the news um, uh, in order to try to keep time. But because there's there's a lot of news, right? New album. Well, not a new album, but a repackage. I don't know what you call mm-hmm. it. Um, but there's like a lot of things going on, but JK back on Twitter and Weverse. <laughs> oh yes, yes. Blonde JK. It's just funny because literally in the last episode you were like, he's not really on social media like that, or like the other <laughs> members, and he's not, right? But um, like you said that on the track, and like within a week he appears, so like, he great. will prove us wrong every time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, there's so much like awards, all these things, but whatever. We're going to focus on one topic today. Um, I feel like I should mention why we are having this topic. So, um, Julie and I have joined a podcast coalition for the month of February, um, which in the US is Black History Month. And so, this is the Black into K pop coalition. Um, and it is a cohort of 12 podcasts, which are led by all Black people or people of Black descent um, or have at least one Black host on their podcast. And so, yeah, we decided to join it. We thought it would be fun and interesting. And so we're working together this month to like bring you some really cool stuff. So stay tuned. This is our first episode for the month that we're going to be doing that will kind of tie into somehow tying Black history and K-pop together. Um, so that's what we'll be doing today. Definitely go and check out the Black into K-pop Coalition Twitter, um, which let me try and find the name. Yeah, while you do that, I'm so excited to have this month of really interesting and important conversations. Really excited for today. Really excited for the whole month of February. Um, And I hope that all of our listeners are super excited as well and excited to be part of this coalition. Right. Yep. This is like the most excited I've been about the pod in a while. So (laughs) (laughs) not that I don't like enjoy it or anything, but Mm. just like, I don't know. It's just such like interesting uh, subject matter here, but, and stuff that we have planned. But anyway, so follow 
Black Into K-pop at Black Into K-pop on Twitter. There's also a Tumblr account, Black Into K-pop. Um, Tumblr. Wow. Takes me back. Tumblr. Yeah, like there's a lot. So definitely go and check it out. Check out the other podcasts. Um, they're all like really cool people. Um, I know we're like a BTS mainly podcast, but if you happen to be like multi, there's you know plenty of other options with the other podcasters there as well. So without further ado, today we are going to be talking about the intersection of BTS and Black artists slash culture today. Um, so today we're going to focus mainly on BTS's collabs, um, as well as writers and producers that have written for them that are Black. And we're just going to basically go and like reminisce, talk about these things in detail, and we'll just see how it goes from there. It's just like preparing for this. Like I literally spent hours preparing for this and like researching and that's great. But like it really reminded me how prolific BTS is, right? We know that, but then like they had all their pre-debut stuff, which as you just pointed out right before we hopped on the pod could be its own episode. And then you have like the solo tracks or the collaboration tracks, the side tracks, right? Like um, in addition to like songwriting on their main albums and CDs and things of that nature. So it was just like, wow, they have done so much in like basically seven years. It's like a little bit intimidating. <laughs> I know. It's kind of crazy, right? Um, I don't think I realized. It's like I knew, but also didn't <laughs> in the same way. Um, how how um involved black artists have been in bts career i mean i guess you like in general black people have been like all over k-pop right like we know like sm literally like hires (laughs) black writers and producers for them um to make all their hits like pick any one sm song any one artist like it was probably written by a black person um but i don't think i knew the extent to which bts have worked with black people um in their career and so doing this research really like helped me see outside of like the obvious collabs and so hopefully we can shed some light on that during our topics today and on the next episode as well It's interesting, too. This is a teeny spoiler from a book. I know we're both, I think I've mentioned it before, but we're both looking at um, Soul and Soul by Dr. Crystal Anderson. Um, Maybe other people knew this. I didn't know this. I am primarily a big hit stan. Um, But JYP was also a songwriter for a lot of big, like, R&B artists in the U.S., which was surprising to me. Um, So there's definitely a long history of collaboration there. Yeah, I don't think I realized why he called himself the Asian soul, but after reading that little blurb from that book, now I realize it, and I'm like, okay, um, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Your voice says it all right there, yeah. Exactly. Um, we'll talk about that in <laughs> But anyway. Uh, yeah, so want to kick off our first collab? Yeah, let's just go. This is a no particular order. It's not by year. It's not by like anything. This is literally just like we did what we could. Yeah, (laughs) just a lot. (laughs) 
this on a sheet and we're just going at it. Anyway, so we're going to start off with the first collab. Um, and that is Change by RM and Wale. Um, so if you don't know, Wale is a very popular rapper in the U.S. He's a D.C. native. <laughs> and so this was like a really big deal um, at the time. This is like, I don't want to say like Wale is out of his prime because I don't think he is. But this is like kind of like in the height of like his career, right? Um there was like just this era in rap where like Wale, like Big Sean, Kendrick Lamar, like all of these people were like just dominating the charts. And so RM like getting a collab with Wale was like huge. And then, you know, also because that was one of his I guess like main influences or, you know, like one of his favorite rappers. So for like them to actually collab was like insane. Um it was totally like not expected that this collab would happen. And so when it came out, it was just madness all around. Yeah. And the timing's <clears throat> also interesting from a political um, perspective, at least in the US. It was released in early March of 2017, um, which would be like approximately two months after the inauguration of a certain former president. So, yeah. Just a little tidbit there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was very important. Um, the song, the content of it, um, you know, Wally speaking from his perspective of, you know, being a black, um, male in America, um, growing up in DC and Nam June is sharing his perspective of being, you know, like growing up in Seoul, growing up in the school systems. Um, he's talking about like internet bullies and things like that. And so they're both talking about different kinds of change that's needed, but just all around just how important it is to note that, like, the world needs to change, right? It's interesting because uh, school is definitely a repeated theme in BTS's music and, like, the failures of the school system. Like, right. we're going to get to it later, but there's um, another sample or um, collab from, I guess it's a sample from uh pre-debut Bangtan to Kendrick Lamar's swimming pools um that's called School of Tears so not to mention I know um no more dream a lot of like early Bangtan is very like anti-school like, school trilogy <laughs> yeah I'm like pick your track that you want but that's that's really interesting yeah I don't know I guess it was just cool to see like them actually get to not just make the song together but actually see them do the music video together as well like while i actually like went out to south korea to like do this video with rm um so that was pretty cool and there was talks that like they had other songs together but <laughs> i didn't so, know if we were going here but all right party decided to show their behind um and try to make it seem like wale was clout chasing um <sighs> so we did not get any further collabs from them maybe you would one day um i would love to see that again but yeah god what could have been <laughs> this manager army behavior like i don't think anyone's like i mean i get it right there were releases in 2020 where certain individuals 
BTS was featured, ate it up, and did better than they did on their own. (laughs) Names will not be named again. But, like, beyond that, like, no one is, like, they can take care of themselves, you know? So. Oh, my God. I didn't even put that on here. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even put that on here, and I should have. Should we? There's so much. It's literally impossible. Uh, We'll tag it at the end. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, I, I guess this track was like it, it's so important and it still is because I people like to make it seem like BTS are kind of like apolitical <laughs> when like their entire career has been like kind of like a political stance. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, they're not just making like like sappy love songs like people like to make it seem out like you know like boy bands don't really have any kind of like lyrical genius in their works or anything like that like no you know bts have been like pushing their pen for years and like talking about serious issues and topics for years which is like the main reasons why they have so many fans today kind of wanted to make a comment like oh yeah go back the strangeness of the whole like wale clout chasing thing like i think it's important that we have conversations like this because i don't think people realize um how big Wale is um and maybe he may not have been like big to you (laughs) you know or I'm not saying like you specifically whoever's listening to this but you know whoever was involved in that whole like making a mess out of that situation you know maybe some of the artists that BTS may collab with or you know may have like used their samples of or whatever may not be big um for you you may not know about them but like these artists have like history right um they're huge (laughs) in like their own um respective cultures and their own respective country like i mean i'm pretty sure wale is even known like worldwide they just may not have been known by those people specifically so the whole like clout chasing thing was just like really weird and that's why i think it's important that we have conversations like this to bring light to these artists um because I think BTS are very strategic in who they collaborate with and who they want to work with. And they try to make efforts in collaborating with people that they have probably wanted to, like, you know, their entire lives, like, like listening to them and things like that. Like, I don't think that they would, you know, initially set out to try and collaborate with people who would just be using them for their fame if it turns out to be like that that's one thing but it was just so weird because like while i never even gave off like that impression yeah um, so i don't even know how like we got to that point but i, I just want y'all to know that like Wally's out here and he's been out here <laughs> so like the way that was handled is just so disappointing i also would just pose a rhetorical question of like why was fallout boy not called clout chasing or why did it like not blow up right like again is it more exposure familiarity with fallout boy but like it's just strange that like we collectively again i'm not saying you and me or like anyone else who's listening to this but like we as a collective fandom like why are there issues with like who's clout chasing and who's not i don't know I don't know. I find because, it like to be super frank, it like the like Jason Derulo thing seemed extremely clout chasing. Yeah, 
but yeah, then there's it, other artists where it doesn't feel that way is it how they talk about because like no one called max clout chasing when he collabed with yungi but yungi is far more famous than max like with no disrespect to max like yeah yeah and i don't know because it wasn't like while i was saying like anything weird so right. i don't know if that was like one person who kind of said it and then like people just kind of like ran with it um but yeah i don't know could it have been a black issue maybe i wouldn't be surprised um <laughs> this is would not have been like the first time that the fandom has like how do i say this without cursing um <laughs> that the fandom has um you know not been so nice to black people let's just put it that way so i don't know i don't know um there's a lot to unpack there but yeah very strange it also happened like years ago so it's only so much you know that my brain can retain um <laughs> in like army fandom wow. timeline <laughs> so but yeah moving on um that could be a topic we could talk about one day this whole clout chasing thing yeah it's definitely a topic on its own yeah and I've definitely felt, like, without calling any specific artists out, I mean, I know I just did, but without calling anyone else out, there's definitely people where I've been, like, very concerned about or very, like, I'm like, this is kind of gross and I don't like it. <laughs> but I'm also, like, a fan. Like, I have to trust them to make that choice. You know what I mean? Right. Especially at this point. And yeah. so, it's like, maybe I don't like this collab or this specific artist, but, like, I respect them to choose exactly that's the thing bts are grown um and so <laughs> they're gonna make um the decisions that they want to and if it like comes back to bite them in some way like there's nothing that we really can do about that right like that's something yeah. that they will have to deal with on their own and they can because they're adults and <laughs> they're able to figure it out I'm right sure they have a whole team of lawyers both in the u.s and korea exactly or else like they can get what's due to them get their due and it would just be like a lesson learned like you learn and you grow and you move on to other things okay positive note i'll say that there have been times when i've been surprised where there have been artists where i was like this seems weird and then the artist spoke like very respectfully about them so yeah like guess what army we can be wrong (laughs) exactly (laughs) anyway Let's keep moving on. on. Um, so we're going to PDD, Please Don't Die, RM featuring Warren G. Well, this is produced by Warren G. I don't think Warren G was actually in the song. Um, but yeah, so this song was made by Warren G. And Warren G, if you don't know, is a very popular American rapper from the 1990s who aided in the G-Funk sound, which is a very popular like West Coast sound that came up out of that time and his most popular singles regulate and so it was really cool to see them bts i should say go to california and for american hustle life and get to work with like warren g who's like you know a legend in like the rap game um and then not even just that but like gondry gets to like make a song with him like that's awesome I was trying to place this timeline-wise. Was this during their American Hustle Lifetime? American Hustle Life came out 2014, and then 
Please Don't Die came out in 2015. So yeah, that was awesome to like see that come out of that show. That they actually like got to collaborate and work with him. I mean, I'm pretty sure that was like like getting to work with someone like that huge just it's probably mind-blowing. Like, you know, you sit and you listen to artists all the time. Think of artists that you, like, grew up listening to. Like, you'd never imagine that you'd get to, like, actually, like, work with them. Um, so that was, like, really cool to see that happen. Please Don't Die is... <laughs> I don't... <laughs> it makes me laugh just thinking about, like, the times of it. Not that it's, like, actually funny, but I'm pretty sure this song came out, like... I think this was after, like... Bobby from Icon dissed him. <laughs> and so he put this song out and he was just like <laughs> I can't I can't I curse you just on him. Like it was just so funny. <laughs> like I'm sure he's talking about haters in general, you know, but the timing of it was just funny. And like the content of it is like, okay, clearly this is about Bobby, but <laughs> anyway. It's just really funny because RM is like the king of like diss tracks. <laughs> BCS don't okay, they still do make diss tracks, but not in the way they were. Like back in the day, I feel like they just had like continuous heat, right? Like <laughs> they just had so much I guess they had so much they felt like they had so much to prove. Yeah. So they were just, like, constantly, like, fighting off these, like, haters. And there was just so many songs that just came out of this. And Please Don't Die is just one of them. And it's just so great. Like, just hearing Namjoon say rap suckers is just hilarious. Anyway, (laughs) it's just great. I don't know. It's just so good. (laughs) I guess I will expose myself on the track here. I actually had never seen this video. Like, it is, like, a deep cut, for sure. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. But just, like, baby RM, like, feeling himself in his hat and fur coat and, like, walking around LA, like, I don't know. The video, like, it was good. But I was definitely smiling when I was supposed to be, like, angry. (laughs) I want to get into AHL later um, on, like, the next episode. But I feel like there's this general, um, like, air of, like, negativity around AHL and the fandom. And I know, like, it came off kind of uh, weird and definitely in the beginning of the series. And, you know, at times it's kind of corny. But, like, I feel like AHL is, like, really important. Um, I will talk more about that later. But, yeah, I feel like the fandom, like, collectively misses out on things because I don't know if it's just time because BTS have so much content to like comb over or if it's because some things have been branded as like corny or like lame so some of these things just get like lost but like there's gems here you know I know that it's like in Bangtan's earlier years and I know that they've spoken about like you know kind of wanting to like I don't want to say like forget about them but some of those things that they're they're embarrassed about, I guess, right? Um, but it's like what makes them them, like you yeah. know, all these things got them to where they're at today. So things like this should be seen. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll be real with you. I can barely watch American Hustle Life. 
But it's interesting <laughs> because a lot of the articles talk about um, how that was, like, formative for them and how, like, that interaction with, like, um, Black American rappers um, kind of gave them a context that maybe they didn't have or that they that they needed and, like, more exposure or... <sighs> I guess authenticity which is like I don't even know if I want to like dive into that but I think what a lot of this discussion boils down to is like what is authentic and what is authenticity because I was digging through like a bunch of articles for today's episode and um, (laughs) even someone was doing kind of a recap of American Hustle Life and talking about um, BTS and it was in that same time so it wasn't like after the fact there were kind of talking about how it was cringy and whatever. Um, But at the same time, like, this is something that other groups didn't do or didn't have. And I wonder, like, how how can one person, like, be an arbiter of authenticity? Like, this third party person talking. But this is some, like, other rambling conversation that we could have a podcast about. (laughs) but i think okay basically it comes down to this i think the number one branding problem with k-pop is that people see it as inauthentic so bts taking that and like and people i mean like western viewers right um or like the general public but like bts taking that um learning from their own lived experience let's say um and writing their own songs is kind of smashing the authenticity thing which my hypothesis is is like why they have made it further than some other groups in the West. So, anyway, yeah. end rant. This could <laughs> I mean, easily become. Oh God, <laughs> could, my phone just fell. Could easily become a tangent. <laughs> yeah, I was going to like talk about AHL later, but might as well just get into it now. So, I just feel like AHL was really important in their early years because, like you just said, um, a lot of artists, um, you know, K-pop artists, or as well as like the K-hip hop artists, like the rappers or whatever else. They do a lot of talking, um, but not a lot of walking. You know, they <laughs> like to portray themselves um, in a manner that makes it seem like they're so real, but then they have, like, no clue about anything that got them to where they are today as rappers, right? Like, no clue about any of the history um, and the people that basically give them a platform <laughs> you know have like given this them this opportunity to do what they're doing today um so ahl did that right so if bts is going to try to brand themselves as like real or as a real like hip-hop group you gotta like know your history you gotta know your like basic stuff and that's basically what ahl was now the way that they did it sometimes eh, kind of like <laughs> questionable you know but um, there was, like, lessons to be learned there. Like, you know, there's history here um, in, like, rap. And that's basically what AHL was. And that's why it was, like, so important. And it was so cool to see them actually, like, doing this. I can't tell you how many times I wish that these K-pop groups would go through some kind of, like, cultural appropriation training or something you know because it just comes off so weird and like so corny that you're like biting off of this whole culture while at the same time turning around and like again i don't want to curse but like on black people (laughs) you know so and you're like off this culture 
that you really don't care about. Like in our regular day, you wouldn't give two flying Fs about black people, right? And so, and was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like seeing BTS going and do this is like really cool. There was a comment you made to me one time in one of our in-person events that like really stuck in my head. And I forget like why we were talking about this, but you know, just the types of conversations we have, like the types of conversations we have on this podcast. But you said something like they love like the culture, they love black culture, or, like the black aesthetic, but they don't love black people for whoever we are talking about. So it's like detaching the cultural product from like the context and the people that fundamentally made it and that just stuck in my head yeah exactly yeah mic drop there's really like no nothing else to say after that <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it is um speaking yeah. of mic drop no i mean we could do that one next it's not next <laughs> but that would be a good transition yeah might as well going into mic drop um so the mic drop remix was first featuring designer um i believe it was designer and steve aoki on that same track and then it was steve aoki but anyway designer was a feature on that track and i think most everyone probably knows who designer is like the hit single panda was like all over whatever year that was like god like (laughs) you could not get away from that panda was everywhere um designer was everywhere i don't know where he's at I hope he's doing well, but anyway, (laughs) yeah, so that was cool, like, that was an unexpected collab, and a lot of people just, I hear a lot of ARMY, like, do not like that song, (laughs) I don't know why, mic drop, (laughs) not mic drop, but just specifically the remix with designer on it, yeah. Yeah, it certainly doesn't get as much traction as just, like, the mic drop original or mic drop featuring Steve Aoki. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know if they just don't like his verse. Um, I don't know what he was rapping about. I mean, he's rapping about, like, applesauce. I still don't really yeah. know. Like- Applejack. She likes Applejacks. I like applesauce. I'm like, yeah. okay. okay. I don't know what this is, but okay. Exactly. I don't know what this is, but, like... <laughs> That like Jay Z gift. I guess I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Um, it works. Anyway, speaking um, of fitting the beat, but that I don't know about, I'm not gonna lie to you. The Idol and Nicki Minaj collab. All right, we're gonna have to like finally talk about this. <laughs> we keep skirting around it in our friendship. No, this collab. I don't know why this collab gets so much hate. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, first of all, that's Miss Odika Mirage Petty, okay? Like, that is <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Like, first of all, put some respect on Nicki Minaj's name. Um, like, she is one of the greatest female rappers of all time. And BTS have a collab with her. Like, that's absolutely that's insane. That's true. Yeah. Um... Like, she's been topping the charts since she got on the charts. Like, no albums out topping the charts. Like, let's put some respect on Nikki's name. I don't know why this collab gets so much hate. This is actually the thing that got me to, like, listen to Idol. Like, <laughs> not that I didn't like Idol, 
but like the music video kind of freaked me out a little bit i don't know i was kind of like eh, do i really like okay then the collab came out and i was like okay i'm sold <laughs> i love this song like i love this collab anyway um i felt like her bars could have been a little bit better but i mean like whatever like it's nikki and she liked the, the video i mean she wasn't like there there with them but like she was in the video like why does the public not like this song what's up with this army why do you not like this song <laughs> let's talk <laughs> i like don't want you to like kick me off this podcast i just <laughs> i love Nicki minaj first of all it was like her songs are like the club bangers that got everyone through like undergrad, like every undergrad dance party, right? To me, this track feels like she heard the beat, didn't even really listen to the song, threw something together and was like, here you go and sent it over. That's the vibe. <laughs> Take it or leave it. That's the vibe. Like, I get the vibe. She's like, here's a verse. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't really, like, spitting like she could. I mean, like, we know what Nicki Minaj can do. Uh, yeah. uh, but, I mean, I don't know. I just think a BTS Nicki Minaj collab is insane. Like, <laughs> like just general. people talk about this. Like, people are always like, who do you? Okay, well, people. Western, like, interviewers are always like, who are some artists you want to collab with? I'm like, they have collabed like you go from here like they already have all these nuts collabs like you don't have to ask them who they want to collab with exactly also that's just rude when nikki comes on an interview you're not like nikki minaj who do you want to collab with you're like it's nikki minaj they just want to do everything to like make it apparent that like bts are not from yeah the u.s um very xenophobic but whatever yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, it's just interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. But we know this. We've talked about this or skirted around this like a million and one times. So annoying. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Y'all give the idol feature in Nicki Minaj collab a chance. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> everyone's allowed to have their opinion, I guess. But <laughs> Why do I feel like you just like blocked me? <laughs> no i mean whatever like do you um but yeah moving on to the next song <laughs> so we have all night my rm and chuga featuring deuce world listed i just like swallowed hard i'm not ready to talk about this song ever <laughs> <laughs> why no like i just like it but I mean, we can cut this, but it's basically a BTS, like, baby-making song. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those. <laughs> They're really, uh, really in their bag on this one. So, <laughs> uh, we all know this is from the BTS World soundtrack, which, like, first of all, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> How are you coming this hard for a game soundtrack? <laughs> <laughs> like a game soundtrack this is insane anyway so they collaborate with juice world rest in peace um and they make a banger and wow banger um <laughs> this was, was the sound of my spirit leaving my body <laughs> exactly this song is crazy we're talking about like having a little party in their studio and uh you know 
the rocket taken off all night. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, God. are you gonna buy me a drink first, or like? The drinks are in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, another collab with another black artist. Like, here we go again. Um, yeah, I mean, Juice World was like killing the charts at the time. Like, his music was like super popular. Um, so this was like a really cool and unexpected collab. I would say I never thought that like we would see a BTS like Deuce World collab in our time, but here we have it, and yeah, I thought that was really cool. Was there like a rumor that it was happening before the song came out? Because I feel like there was some kind of like rumor on the timeline, and I was like, "There's no way," or maybe we just got the track list and people were like, "Am I sure that I can read?" Like I don't know, <laughs> but it was very surprising. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, I know they, I feel like they had these collabs in the works for, like, a long time. Yeah. Um, like, working with, like, Charlie, is it XCX and yeah. Zara Larson, like, they had done it, like, either, like, years ago or, like, a year ago before, like, the actual song came out. Like, these were, like, in the making for a while. So, just think right now, they may be, like, cooking up some collabs and we have no idea. <laughs> that may come out so the next song we're going to talk about is old town road or should i say soul town road um by Lil Nas x and rm which <laughs> like it was so out of left field but like <laughs> just so like the timing was just great like when they dropped the picture of that purple horse we were just like what like (laughs) i remember you know what's insane like the song i remember people like going nuts at like the club in like early grad school and i had no idea i just was very square i was like i don't like what what is it about this song and then like the 2020 grammys happened and like i'm obsessed with this song like way too late my mom is straight up obsessed with this song like it's just so catchy and also this is like what opened up their grammy performance so personally i will forever be grateful to lil nas x for giving me bangtan in those fits right just to talk about Lil Nas X for like a little bit like yeah of course the way that this song came about and like blew <laughs> like blew up to the top of the charts simply because um people were just not going to get down with the industry trying not to label it as a country song because what a black person is doing it because it's not country enough for you like what's the reason like no <laughs> and and that song was number one for how many weeks like it was literally like almost a year i feel like exactly I don't know. I like be wrong it was a lot thrown like mariah carey who had like the the number one or something like that for like weeks i mean it was like it, an insane kind of achievement with this song and then to get namjoon on a remix as well like <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just perfect. Like the entire run of the song was just perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was just a fun little collab. 
Um, going on to the next song. So this is Rush by RM featuring Chris Kaluko. And this was off of RM's first mixtape. Um RM, which I feel like as a fandom, we don't talk about RM as an um enough. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's just because it was like pre the like mass horde of army that came like around like 2016 2017 so like fans just aren't talking about it but like this mixtape was getting like a lot of buzz um like american journalists were like writing about this mixtape right and like <laughs> noticing like namjoon's lyricism and like artistic genius right and this is like early on in bts right yeah i like to think that bts kind of like just blew up out of nowhere like in recent times so like no like <laughs> they've been like known in the u.s for, like a long time right like, like that's the like <laughs> explorer mentality right because like you didn't know about it it must not have been a thing and right. when you knew about them it just blew up out of nowhere this like like yeah anyway tangent yes (laughs) yeah but this song is just another example of um i'm getting to work with someone that he's like admired and like listened to for a long time and getting to like put it on his mixtape that's awesome right you get to like work with your favorite artist it was a cool collab too i really do enjoy this song just like him being like i want to hear opa from every girl i was like (laughs) why are we back here like we get mad at people that do this but like here we are and i realized like he's rapping about it so it's different but i was like this is where it comes from in case anyone's wondering yeah yeah. Um. (laughs) he also had something taking money hearing opa from all your from your bitches and all the girls i was just like (laughs) some of his older lyrics (laughs) Maybe this is why. <laughs> and it's not like other artists. We Okay, like, I'm not making excuses, but just an observation. Like, I used to think about this, like, in college. Like, it kind of sucks, but it's, like, literally impossible to find, like, feminist lyrics in pop music. Or, like, very yeah. rare. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, female empowerment is not a common theme in the music yeah. industry, sadly. I mean, yeah, it's not that it's right because it's not, but it's not like he's doing anything different here than like any other like artist. I guess that's what I was trying to say. Particular, it's actually it's actually pretty like tame in comparison. (laughs) But I mean, it's not you know, it's not fun hearing uh, women being referred to as the b word. But you know. Also, like, I think because in my head, like, I've slowly bought into the, like, Namjoon plant dad philosopher narrative that hearing him be like, all your and all the girls, I'm like, uh, bro, the cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Namjoon was, like, a a very, uh, (laughs) drastic, uh, (laughs) like, personality change i don't know what you'd call it but it was a big shift um (laughs) very big 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 (laughs) period of growth 
<laughs> a lot of changes going on there. I mean, he's talked about it like numerous times, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you listen to your older songs and you're like, hmm. Yeah, you were saying that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you sure were. You sure were. And I was bopping my head right along to it. Like, dang, I was looking like this. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, and the last collaboration we have on here. Um, no, because we have two that is no, not. There, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> Anyway, so the next collaboration we have is um the all black boy the all black band that BTS had in the Dynamite performance for BBMA's 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you can see them in the Bangtan bomb released on October 16th of 2020. If you didn't notice this or somehow see it already, yeah, we did talk about this when it came out, and. Yeah. Um, talked about like how cool it was i was like really shocked to see it <laughs> honestly um i was trying to find some details on the band like i went to twitter and i thought twitter knew everything like yeah. do you have any details on who the band is i have no idea i have I no idea find anything like doing my research today they must have signed the tightest non-disclosure agreement in the history of the universe <laughs> surely there's something but I, it just made dynamite like really come to life like hearing like the like live version of it um with the black backing band as well like yeah that's kind of blew my mind i think this is the one where they were in the airport right yeah it was i, yeah. I think more like, about that but yeah even crazier they're in the airport like with this band it was just a lot it was a was lot that band- <laughs> we can cut this if it's dumb was that band live were they like live streaming in or when they say live band they had pre-recorded it and bts was singing or were they streaming in because i, I have no them. clue yeah i have no clue it also made me think of uh hobie's ego vocalists and like a lot of like on with like the drum line and other things yeah well i was gonna get into that next oh, going cool. to our writers and producers well after we talk about this next yes. collab yeah. So the last collab we have on the list um, would be the collaboration with Jason Derulo mm. or Savage Love, uh, the Savage Love remix. Um, yeah, we kind of already like touched on this a little bit, and you know, it got a little weird there in the end. <laughs> it was cool at first, but uh, it got a little weird there in the end. Like we we all know who like Jason Derulo is. He's been around for at least like what since like the early like 2010s i guess earlier than that before that but yeah Yeah. like he had major hits um but yeah it it did get weird there like okay is that an instance of like clout chasing i don't know because like like to me only for the fact not because jason derulo is not famous because he is he's very famous it felt like clout chasing to me simply because he went out and thanked all these like TikTok influencers for its, his success and like didn't really credit BTS. Like, I don't know if Jason Derulo was just trying to like be trendy or cool because like TikTok in 2020 um, yeah. and like BTS isn't cool or trendy or whatever. But like that was the part that like. Well, that's what's weird. Okay, so like. 
like you said, Jason Drew has had hits. Like we know that. Um, like he's had songs of the summer for like, like countless years, right? Yeah. Um, so it's like, does Jason Derulo need clout? I don't know if he really does. Does he like? Is he was he popping at the time of this? Like, I know Savage Love was on the charts prior to him doing this remix, but I mean, after <laughs> shot him up to number one. Um. But yeah, it's like, does he really need it? I don't know. Like, he's Jason Derulo, but he's done like collaborations with what? I think he did something with. Did he do a collaboration? Was it NCT? Or was it Lay from like EXO? I don't know. There was some like SM collaboration with like Jason Derulo and he's like in Hombook and it was kind of weird. <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember seeing those pictures actually. Now that you say <laughs> that, that like dredged up the memory where I was like, uh. <laughs> exactly. Moving on to the writers and producers section. So. Um, starting off with the on commentary film, this came out recently. Um, and when it did, it like blew my mind. I mean, I think we like knew, like, like you were mentioning earlier, like hearing ego and like the background vocalists, mm-hmm. but, um, seeing that, like the like black people like involved in this production, like with the band and like with just getting to see that film and just seeing like, the input and the collaboration that they had with like black artists was just like super cool yeah no i guess i was just thinking i don't even really know like i don't want to like spoil all our future episodes right but when not all of them but like so again from soul and soul she talks more about like a cultural hybridity or like exchange or like collaboration versus just like taking which would be like appropriation and so I think again like I'm not the one that can decide either way but like seeing the active participation was like a departure from what we see a lot in k-pop I saw an interesting comment on one of the um blogs that I was reading that I guess they were commenting on how bts one of the it was just a commenter right this is just some like fan and it was getting me thinking that bts have kind of i mean they have like profited off of like black culture right (laughs) for um many years now yeah and they were basically alluding that they haven't done enough um and like giving back to the culture or giving back to the community and i'm kind of just like I don't know, man. I feel like <laughs> that's not really true. And I feel like this is just one of those examples of them like working and collaborating with black people. I think they're like very well aware um of the impact that black artists have had on their music. K-pop as a whole, like <laughs> I think they're like very well aware. And so this is just one of those instances where they are working and collaborating with black people in ways where the black people are benefiting and not like being used like pack mules <laughs> sometimes in some other companies. I mean, they like definitely pay them. Um, but I don't think it's made clear enough how 
how much of a hand black people have in k-pop right and i think that bts doing this on commentary was like showing um just how much they had a hand in like creating that song getting into other writers and producers on um for bts tracks paradise was written by mnek who is a popular uk artist um we all like or at least we should remember that picture of like him with namjoon and everyone was trying to like do calculations in his head like okay so he's this tall so that means how tall like this is never gonna rest i got like at least one tiktok a day about like calculating namjoon's head (laughs) exactly (laughs) but yeah uh paradise a bob um i put like ten thousand exclamation points i love paradise so much underrated bob that entire album i saw a ranking the other day that made me want to pull my hair out and it was like ranking bts's like seven studio albums that they've released um from like dark and wild to be and they had dark and wild last i wish you guys could see our face right now they had dark and wild last and then tear was right no right in front of it like second to last i, I don't know what it is i can't believe i couldn't even acknowledge that like tear was second to last in whatever ranking you saw i'm gonna find whoever wrote that and send like a strongly worded letter to the editor I mean, like, I guess, granted, you have to put some albums somewhere, right? But I don't know. Just seeing Tear, like, second to last just made no sense to me. And then they're, like, their picks for, like, worst song, right? Was It was just, like, what? Like, <laughs> for Dark and Wild, they picked, like, 24-7 Heaven. And it was, like, could can you turn off your cell phone or whatever? And I was just kind of, like, what's your reasoning for this? Like... I'm not following why you would pick those as, like, the worst songs on the album. I, I mean, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> I think that was the top album B? Or, no, 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 no. The top album was um Most Beautiful Moment in Life. Like, the full... Like, All right. I can respect that. The full, like, you know, combined plus bonus songs or whatever you want to call it. the whole repackage okay um, I so yeah yeah i agree on that one i would say that's also their best album but hey whatever <laughs> we need to do our own album ranking at some point I, but i'm just like too scared to go on the record with that because i think they're all great i don't want to put anything last because i don't feel like there's any like last i'll pick my favorite but like how can i say that this is like their worst <laughs> like what <laughs> i can't Spot us just like spewing army propaganda. We're like, there's no negative track, <laughs> but it's true. Like, I, I don't think I could pick one. Yeah, weird. Anyway, um, anyway, next. So we're gonna go into my time. Um, that I feel like that's like an obvious. <laughs> like, clearly, black people had a hand in this. This was like an RB hit. It sounded like something you'd hear from like chris brown or like usher or whatever and then when you look at the people who like wrote it for 
him or like produced it for him. It's like, okay, yeah, I see why. Because they actually did work with those artists. <laughs> Are you going to say your comment in the doc or just let it roll? <laughs> <laughs> well, first I will mention that this was like written and produced by um, Sleep D's, Prince Board, and Jayra Gibson. Um, and like you said earlier, they've worked with like countless amounts of like popular artists like you have here like rihanna yeah um, black eyed peas usher gucci Mane, Boile, um gigs eric bellinger like buster rhymes chris brown like dr dre fergie selena gomez katie perry like there's legends in there right <laughs> like <laughs> CeeLo green i can keep going there's so many people that they've worked with um god this one guy did the same work with michael jackson like that's actually insane <laughs> like, i know when i saw that i was like they worked with a songwriter that like literally michael jackson worked with yeah so, this is crazy yeah, for Prince um, yeah this is crazy so that song is insane and it's insane for a reason because the people that worked on it like have worked with legends um i have a feeling there's some kind of like collaborative like these three producers i think they must work together regularly because there's a lot of overlap there. Probably. Um. Interestingly, Jayra Gibson also worked with Red Velvet. And he did a couple of songs for EXO. He's worked with yeah. Dean and T by T. Which I was less surprised to see T by T. Because, again, big hit, right? But, um. Yeah, I saw you had in here, like, the stereotypes. Which I know they've done, like, a lot of work with, like, SM artists. They're like a producer group, I think. Okay. Or a producer writer group. I'm you can not see sure. I put question marks there because I was not clear. <laughs> I was but like, yeah. are they a group? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think two of the members in that group are black. Um, and they've done like a lot of work with like SM artists. So yeah, I don't know. It's just like really cool. Even just seeing that BTS have the ability to work with other people and other people like of this caliber, right? Because like I said before, if they were doing everything like in-house, because um, you got to pay these people and you got to pay them like what they're due considering that they have these portfolios, like <laughs> you got to yeah. have them for it. And um, obviously there was just a point in time where like they didn't. Um, so everything was in-house. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because clearly BTS and P-Dog, and Bong PD, and, like, everyone else that they work with a big hit were just knocking it out of the park. Like, they didn't necessarily need any, like, outside writers or producers to show that, you know, they're, like, making it work and making great music. But... And I think they're still working with these writers, right? Definitely. It probably just works them less to the absolute bone. Because, for example, in the um, uh, um interview that you had mentioned before he said that he had written paradise but obviously he had provided the lyrics in english and it was like um like more of a sad breakup song i think he said or something to that effect and so he said like hearing how it had evolved and how it had changed once he like i don't want to say gave them but like sold them the track right right Um, was interesting so i think like you're working with the best and taking like expertise from the best and then still making it your own. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm sure that's the case with like most of these songs 
actually probably all of them except for dynamite, dynamite. <laughs> yep yeah but yeah just cool like seeing the people that they've been able to work with um and the last one that we have on here is the mic job remix um they work with taylor parks okay wait till you see who all she has worked with because i was like very i guess shook i don't know what word to use um she wrote thank you next she also for ariana right she also wrote and i don't even know is it 34 plus 35 34 35 okay yeah and then (laughs) by khalid and normani and also yeah. High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. So when I think Which about like, like on the ear. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, these are like fairly distinct styles, right? Yeah. And like genres, but like these are all like top, top songs. So Exactly. And then you give us mic drop. Like, come on. <laughs> Legendary. <laughs> legendary i think if i had um, to choose like a gateway track for bongton like the one that most of my like local friends are into or like my brother has mic drop on his like um lifting playlist i feel like mic drop is like where you start exactly yeah trying I would, to ease someone in <laughs> yeah i'm surprised to hear that like my family members have like mic drop on their playlist too i'm like huh like you know <laughs> Like, one, you know who BTS are? And then two, like, you have mic drop on your playlist? Like, not, like, unironically? Like, you actually, like, like and listen to this song? Like, this is awesome. I didn't think yeah. you'd be into this, but, like, hey, just goes to show. Um, you know, they're not just making, like, cringy boy band tunes. Like, people like to make it seem like they are. So, they're making yeah. music for people. Um, you know, that everyone can enjoy yeah i think we're gonna end it here we're gonna do a part two later this was fun this was fun i i I really did enjoy like researching this and like looking all this up and getting to like kind of reminisce and look back songs and i don't know just seeing like how much of a hand black artists have had in like bts career it's insane i'm looking forward to our future conversations though too all right, well, wrapping it up here, like we said before, we're really excited to be working in this um, Black into K-pop coalition. So make sure you go check them out on Twitter at Black into K-pop. Um, you can check out their Tumblr as well of the same name. So we will see you next week with more cool and exciting topics. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Girls With Fun. We're so grateful that you chose to hang out with us. Once again, be sure to follow our social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter at Girls With Fun Pod and on Facebook at Girls With Fun Podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a review on your favorite streaming service. If you have an idea for an episode or you want to share your thoughts on any of the topics we've discussed, slide into our DMs or email us at girlswithfunpod at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining us and see you next time.